The first 1,000 days of a baby's life are often the most challenging. The first 1,000 days are critical to the survival of mothers and children, especially in countries where malnutrition, diseases, and lack of access to medical care are widespread. The 1,000-day journey is a Global Affairs Canada initiative implemented by World Vision Canada that aims to empower rural communities in vulnerable regions across Asia and Africa to improve maternal, newborn, and child health in the first 1,000 days. But in Canada, we're actually lucky enough that maternal death rates are low, less than 0.0001%, and access to universal health care is available. However, according to the Government of Canada, 7.5% of Canadian women still report symptoms of postpartum depression, and 13% of women had little or no support available to them during their pregnancies. Parents who are about to have a baby are more at risk for poor mental health, especially those who are racialized, queer, living on a low income, or living with a disability. In this special series, I ask parents from all walks of life the questions, what was your first 1,000 days of becoming a parent like? And who helped to support you in those first 1,000 days? I'm struck by the different answers. Whether it was a first pregnancy or even sixth pregnancy, an immigrant, queer, indigenous, racialized, old, or young parent, one thing was clear to me. Support systems for parents are critically connected to the flourishing of the first 1,000 days of a baby's life. I'm your host, Maingo. The first person I talked to was Katie Watkins, a PR specialist whom I had met in Toronto. She's now on to her third pregnancy, and she shared with me how the positive connection she had with her mom helped her through her first thousand days. I was living in England at the time with my husband, and we didn't have any family there besides a great aunt who's elderly. So, um, but it was it was lovely in a sense that it was just my husband and I and my son, and that brought us very close together, obviously, but um, my parents came for his birth, which was wonderful to have them there. They were there for a few weeks afterwards, so that's <laughs> helpful, um, for sure, and then my parents-in-law came shortly after that, and then um, some of my sisters were able to come around the six weeks mark, so my family's really close, so they made sure that they were around. He's the first grandchild and the first nephew, so he got a lot of love, but... Um, the first thousand days, that's that's what, like two years, were really good. You know, it's a huge learning curve, obviously, but we were lucky that we had a very healthy, big baby boy, um, and I had no issues with feeding or anything like that, so it was a really special time, and um, I was pregnant with my second when my son was 13 months, um, so... There was that aspect of the first thousand days as well, as also being pregnant again and bringing another baby into the world and moving home to Canada to be closer to family when she was born. So, I think the thing that strikes me when I hear people's stories too is that your first child, there's like the first thousand days, but your second child, it's like the first thousand days again um, because it's like starting over, right? With each child is so different. Um, and the support can be different. Um, But I love the connection that you and your mom have. Like her having been through it really gave you a more positive experience through your thousand days. Yeah, for sure. Knowing that she had done it with so many children, with six kids in eight years, um, I knew that sort of anything was possible. Like I I had (laughs) one boy who was perfectly healthy and yes, I was living in a country far away from everyone else, but um, I knew that if we all managed to survive somehow, which I don't know how we did, <laughs> that um, I could certainly do it as well, and my kids could as well. And then I had I had a lot of support, even though it was a little bit far away. Heather Jones, a doula and a midwifery student, echoed the same positive support that she received from her own mother. Hello, 
everybody. My name is Heather Jones. A little bit about myself. I am second generation Canadian. My ancestors are from Britain. They're white settlers. And I have two kids of my own, a boy and a girl. They're age five and ten. I've done a lot of birth doula work and I used to run a home daycare. And now currently I am a very happy midwifery student. So basically I was a young mum. I was pregnant and had came in like basically as I was 23 so I had him just before my 24th birthday and so I didn't I didn't know anybody else who had babies or was pregnant at the time so um I went into it like being a little bit naive I guess not not nervous at all like very confident and excited but um just not knowing what to expect at all and so um mainly it was my mom that was my main source of support because not to not to fault my friends or siblings but like they just didn't have any kids of their own and so didn't really know um how to support me so basically it was my mom who was my main support and I'm thankful because we we were going to move out of province um just after we got married we got married in the spring we were going to move by the fall but over that summer I got pregnant and then we decided not to move to stay close to my mom and I'm so grateful tell me about your mom I want to hear more about her so she is lovely she is um a mom of four and she raised us mostly for most of our lives as a single mom um she used to be she used to actually teach prenatal classes and then she uh, worked as a nurse and she used to be one of the La Leche League runners. And even though I was young, she was up, like very, very supportive and excited and um, helped me build confidence in my body. And, you know, so not only for the birth, but as a parent. And, um, you know, there was never like a shadow of doubt or um like negativity that came from her which was really nice especially being like that young and having someone especially your mom feel so confident about your ability like I don't like I would I would I can just imagine how much that would really change and boost your perspective into becoming a parent Mm -hmm. yeah like I really went into it confident and like other people that I had spoken to I guess other adults some in-laws and that sort of thing um it wasn't the same experience like it was almost like fear-mongering about the birth I was planning a natural home birth and everybody was like well why would you do that and um are you sure you want to breastfeed and that sort of thing and it was all like these basically like questioning my choices and kind of I guess a lot of it stems from kind of like feeling judged I think because the things I was choosing was different than what they did and so everybody wants to pass on advice and since my choices were different than theirs they maybe felt like a little bit like I wouldn't have supported their choices I don't know it was it was an interesting experience but definitely for um the advice that came from my mom was always um just so sound and like yeah, confidence boosting and just very, very positive. What's some of the advice that you remember her giving you? Um, I remember her saying uh, that it's normal to like for it to be hard. Um, for example, at nighttime, one one time I was having a rough night and um, my partner was 
had to get up early so he was still sleeping and I was just feeling like I couldn't deal with it on my own so I went over to my mom's it was like 2 30 in the morning or something and um you know she opened the door with loving arms as she always did and wasn't even you know was like happy to see me at 2 30 in the morning and just like totally normalized that it's it can be tough for everybody and um I just remember her saying that you know even in the tough moments like so I I went into her house and we sat on the couch and came in was in his car seat um and I took him out right away even though he was sleeping because I wanted to hold him and I remember her saying you know like even when you're upset it's so lovely to see that you still want to hold your baby and so it's normal to like have these really conflicting feelings that like you're having a really rough time but you're still doing a great job and that was really lovely (laughs) I think Heather and Katie both had such great support Um, and they were also very lucky to have fairly smooth um, pregnancies and transitions into their first thousand days as a parent. Now we know that uh, the first thousand days isn't always easy and can actually um, be quite challenging. I know that I experienced uh, a lot of hardship for all three of my pregnancies. The next person I spoke to is Samantha Gomez, stay-at-home mom to twin girls. If I'm being 100% honest, it was very challenging. I am a first-time mom of twin girls and I remember finding out when I was pregnant, I was excited, but then the day that I went into labor, I went to my father and I started crying because I was just so terrified of becoming a mom. But as soon as those babies came, it was like things just started to flow and you know, you just kind of get into the role of being a mom. But again, it was challenging because I had two babies to look after, two babies to feed, two babies to hold. It was very challenging. So um, the first word that really comes to mind is challenging. But as time progressed and going into like year one, year two, it definitely got a lot easier. And as they become more independent, that is obviously a lot helpful too and I had a lot a lot of support so though it was challenging I did have my family around to help me which was amazing and I'm so grateful when extended family isn't around for support new parents rely heavily on their partners and even healthcare providers my name is Maria and I am of mixed European and indigenous descent who supported me most in my first thousand days of parenthood would probably have to be my partner. So I'm a mom to an 18-month-old girl, daughter. And yeah, so my partner has really, really been my main support um, throughout this time. It's because of him that I was able to shower in those early days with a newborn um, to even finishing up my undergrad, you know. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that without his support. Um, we unfortunately didn't have a lot of support from, I mean, outside sources other than, you know, with each other. My mom, um, she had recently gotten into a new relationship, decided that she was going to move in with the person and moved about an hour and a half away from me about four or five months before I had the baby. Um, So she wasn't physically around a lot after I had the baby. And then my grandmother, who I'm super close with, even though she was just down the road from me, 
you know, was there emotionally, but then didn't feel as if she could overstepping her own boundaries with my mom. Like she didn't want to create tension between the two. So yeah, they unfortunately weren't around as much as I had hoped. Um, And then with my partner, so super unfortunate, his mom had actually passed away um, when I was just two, or no, I was four months pregnant. Um, And that was, you know, really unexpected. Um, You know, we think a lot about how these past two years would have been different had she not passed away. You know, our daughter came as as a pleasant surprise to put it mildly um and so when we were going to break the news to his parents you know we we really didn't know how they were going to take it um we were really nervous to give them the news and we thought first and foremost that his mom would be super super upset or disappointed just because you know we were both still just finishing up school and it was a couple years ahead of when we had really planned to have kids and so I remember the day and I was about two months pregnant and we decide okay today's the day that we have to tell your mom and you know both of us were so nervous and again we thought we were expecting the worst and I remember we told her and she just started laughing and she was so happy to be a grandmother again I mean we know that you know we joke that if she was still around she would be like our daughter's third parent in a way and you know things would just be so different and you know I think a lot about my own relationship that I have with my grandmother and it really it it just sucks knowing that like my daughter's not going to be able to have that relationship with someone that I know wanted to have that relationship with her um because Barbara was just such such a great individual missing out on that support has been um, of that motherly support I guess you could say has been really impactful in the past two years and um, my partner has really been my rock these past two years and even though my family hasn't been around as much as I'd like I'd have liked them to be but yeah we've we've had each other and we've really leaned on one another and I feel like it's really made us stronger as, you know, a couple and as individuals as well. I'm Catherine Vandeland. Uh, I identify as a queer woman. I'm married to uh, a woman who also identifies as queer and trans. So when we met, we decided early on to have a baby. Um, so a couple years into our relationship, we... Uh, started down the road of fertility and insemination, working with a local doctor here in Ottawa. And at the time, we had no uh, family involvement in our lives. She's um, been estranged from her family for many, many years. And at the time, I was from mine as well. Um, So we did this uh, on our own, really, just the two of us. And uh, so in, in... Thinking about who supported us um, in those early days, we uh, found out I was pregnant. We connected with the midwife, and she was really our um, biggest support during the pregnancy and the immediate after care of the birth. Just a really, she became very quickly a really trusted person in our lives and somebody who we could 
um, talked to about anything and helped us make, um, you know, big decisions throughout the pregnancy that need to be made. Uh, she taught me about parenting with instinct and to trust myself as a parent. It was a really difficult pregnancy. And so she was really there through the whole thing. And she was phenomenal. And the other person for me personally during my pregnancy was my wife. Having had two uh, kids on her own, uh, they were in their 20s at this point, but um, lots of times where she was able to say, this is normal, this happens, uh, and just affirm what we were going through. And that was uh, pretty amazing to have that as well. Once our daughter was born, uh, we connected really early on with our local community health center and um, having a nurse practitioner there and, well, baby clinics. Um, you know, I recall the day they hauled out of bed in the middle of the well baby clinic because I was having a really hard time nursing through the night while we were sleeping and we co-slept from the day my daughter was born. Um, so she had us lying on that bed and showed us exactly how, uh, you know, a baby instinctually will find uh, the breast at night while you're sleeping. And it was a game changer for us. And it meant we could sleep through the night and our daughter could um, breastfeed when she needed to and sleep when she needed to. And uh, it was phenomenal. It's never a feeling of being alone. We had a really great um, friend group and we live in a neighborhood with really active, supportive neighbors. I never felt alone. Catherine mentioned the importance of her partner and access to community health care. In rural Kenya, Lydia, a young mom, shared how her hospital's mother-to-mother group taught her about caring for her babies. Kenya is one of the world's most vulnerable countries for preventable maternal and infant mortality. The 1000 Day Journey Project works with local stakeholders to introduce interventions that help improve maternal and child health in the region. Mother-to-mother support groups hold space for new moms in the community to come together to seek support from one another and from quality health professionals. My name is Lydia Kipruto. I'm 26 years old. I have two babies. My firstborn is a baby girl. She's Leticia Chelanga. And my second, she's now four years old. Mm. And my second born is Amon Kipkozge, who is now 11 months old. I started coming here because I realized that I knew nothing about how to take care of my babies. Mm -hmm. But since then, I've known that when a baby is fed well, since he or she is young, he's going to grow up to become strong, healthy. Mm -hmm. It's good to have a strong and healthy baby mm-hmm. than to have a sick and weakly baby who you'll spend all of your time coming to the hospital because of some sicknesses each and every time. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced um, in either of your, your children? It is somehow hard because the technology and uh, the economy, you know, you expect, as a mother, I'd really be happy to see my babies growing healthy and strong. But the challenge is, personally, I'm still in college. Mm-hmm. And my husband, for now, he has no job. So I'm struggling because at the end of the day, my babies have to eat well and they have to sleep well. But as a mother, I'd love to spend much time with them. But I, I, for now, he's not here with me because I had to leave him this morning and go to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is the challenge I'm having. I have to study hard maybe to 
get good grades mm-hmm. maybe in the future to have a good job to take good care of them what are the happiest parts of being a mom <laughs> personally i'm so happy because those are two different i have a boy and a girl mm-hmm. and their personalities they are you can never compare my girl asks too much questions <laughs> <laughs> she can even ask you mom why are you coughing you tell her i'm sick and she asks you why have you not gone to the hospital mom and for my boy i'm happy seeing him growing up so fast mm-hmm. yeah he has articulated the use of so many things. He can hold my phone and say, da, 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 like, and I know you'd have said, hello. I just love them and I'm happy as I'm a proud mom. That is all I can say. Mm. Yeah. What, do you, what do you hope for them? What do you hope for their futures? For their futures to be bright. And that is, I have to do a lot in terms of raising them to, so that I, I have to ensure that they grow up having good values, yeah, to be respectable, to know how to respect others, yeah, and to become good members of the society. Do you have any advice to a new mom? A new mom should be happy, mm-hmm. yeah, because raising a child needs a mother who, at first, you have to love your baby, to love your situation as a mom, to be happy about it, to be happy about being a mom, to raise that child to be strong, healthy, and a good member of the society. I went back and asked Samantha what the most challenging part of the first thousand days for her was. The most challenging was just balancing life. So balancing the feeding, remembering which child I fed. And another thing too, I have identical (laughs) girls. So knowing, did I feed Zara or did I feed Zaya? Um, Who's crying? So it was kind of challenging just to kind of create a schedule that allowed me going back to having a little bit of me time, as well as being able to take care of both of my babies and just ensuring everything was kind of flowing correctly. Elena Henry, a mom to two in Toronto, shared how she tapped into her own resiliency and strength to get herself through in the first thousand days as a parent. From day one, from jump, um, going into labor with my son, it was a long process. So it was about a 24-hour labor uh, story. Yeah, so full 24 hours, um, ended up having a C-section with with my firstborn. a thousand days after that, I didn't have my mom here. So my mom lives back in Trinidad. Didn't have my mom here. Though I had family here, at that time, most of my family was on vacation. My, my, mother, my mother-in-law was here at the time, but at the same time, she wanted us to, my husband and I, to kind of figure out things on our own at first. So I'll help you guys, but figure it out on your own. Let's see if you guys are able to do this. Um, this parenting stuff. So for the first thousand days, my my husband took some time off work due to the surgery that I had. It was I was unable to walk up and down the stairs, so I pretty much lived in the living room for weeks. On um, it was tough. It was tough having a, a, my son due to to C-section. Also tough not having my mom here, though she Skyped me almost every single day, <laughs> making sure that we're okay. Um, all around, it was just a hard, it was hard. But like I said in my video, my mom kept saying to me, listen, you have to be strong. You have to, you have to know your worth. You have to know that we all started somewhere. We didn't just, we weren't born with a child. <laughs> it, it happens, right? And 
like I said, eventually my mother-in-law came along and she said, you know what? I know that I see that you guys need help. I'm gonna help you guys. I'm gonna make sure that I can be there. I can make sure to, to bathe the baby because it was tough overall to just have have to do stuff with a C-section, right? So my first thousand days was pretty rough, though my mom did come a few months later and it, she did help out a lot. My aunt helped out a lot. My mother-in-law helped out a lot. So it got better throughout time. You have to stay grounded and be strong. Without having the strength that I had, I don't think I would have made it through. And let yourself cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let yourself cry and let go. Yeah. And just... Valerie Aswa, a school trustee in Ottawa, told me the story of her three pregnancies in the Congo and how she found strength and resiliency as a single mother. Bonjour. Mon nom, c'est Valérie. Je suis franco-ontarienne. Et aujourd'hui, je vais vous parler de mes différentes grossesses. Je suis mère de trois enfants. Et je vais vous parler un peu de trois personnes différentes qui m'ont aidé durant mes grossesses. Donc, je suis, j'ai été enceinte d'un homme, de, de mon ex-mari, qui m'a jamais vue enceinte parce qu'il vivait au Canada comme moi je vivais en Côte d'Ivoire. J'ai été enceinte de lui trois fois. Il m'a jamais vue enceinte. Il ne m'a jamais vue accoucher. Et euh, c'était des moments qui étaient tristes et souffrants pour moi. Donc la première grossesse, euh, comme vous le savez, c'est toujours plus difficile, on a beaucoup plus de questionnements. Et la personne qui m'a tenu la main quand j'accouchais, c'était docteur Eric Zunon, comme je vous l'ai dit. La deuxième grossesse, jusqu'à ce que l'enfant... En fait, moi, dans ma situation, c'est que Ma fille aînée avait cinq mois quand je suis tombée enceinte de ma deuxième. Donc ma deuxième grossesse a été euh, assez difficile parce que euh, encore j'étais toute seule pour une deuxième fois. Et puis euh, la personne qui m'a aidée, c'est une tanti qui est décédée, qui s'appelle tanti Yvonne Yapi, qui est venue me consoler quand j'ai accouché toute seule. Et puis, pour la troisième grossesse, c'était pour mon fils. Et ça, ça s'est passé. J'étais vraiment comme une... J'ai conduit pour aller accoucher comme une grande. Et euh, oui, j'avais ma petite sœur, Pélagie, Happy, et puis euh, mon ami Frédéric Yaoudje, qui était à mes côtés. Sans compter ma mère, Sophie Happy, et ma grand-mère, Kendi Happy, Elisabeth. Toutes ces personnes, comme on vit dans des dans des sociétés en Côte d'Ivoire, je suis originaire de la Côte d'Ivoire, c'est des sociétés assez communautaristes. Chaque membre de la famille, chaque ami avait sa place dans ma famille, dans l'accouchement et les premières années de mes enfants. I think the story that really made me emotional was Jasmine's. She shared how through each of her six pregnancies, she had a community of support around her that helped her make it through to the other side to make sure she made it through as a whole person. Whether we've experienced viable pregnancies or pregnancy loss, it's the people around us and the quality health systems that pull us through. My name is Jasmine Bunsell, and I'm a mother of two living children in Ottawa. I have a five-year-old son who's my firstborn. I had three unexplained miscarriages before I had him, and my husband and I underwent IVF to try and help me have a successful pregnancy. IVF was a very stressful, costly, and time-consuming experience for us, but we were fortunate that it worked, and we even had embryos to freeze. 
When thinking about who supported me most through his conception and early years of life, it was different people during different phases. During conception and my pregnancy, my husband was my most supportive person. He knew the intricacies of our fertility protocol, my hormone doses, my intense fears of another miscarriage, and the isolation I felt, as hardly anyone I knew knew that I was newly pregnant or how I came to be pregnant. As we approached my son's birth, we realized he was breech, and despite advocacy efforts for a vaginal breech birth, I ended up with a C-section. Breastfeeding was challenging, and postpartum depression hit me hard. I found that at this stage, my best friends became my biggest supporters as I learned how to be a mother. Despite them living three hours away, I was so grateful to have people that I could text or call with the many questions I had. Why isn't baby sleeping? What helps teething pain? Why, what is this mystery rash? They not only helped me with my baby, but they helped me too. They lovingly told me when they thought that I was so sleep-deprived that I needed to crash and sleep without the baby next to me, to let myself actually sleep deeply without interruption. They guided my spouse and taught him how to support me with food, validation of my feelings, and encouragement. As the months passed, we returned to the fertility clinic to transfer a frozen embryo to have another child. My friends hugely supported me through this very exciting time and celebrated each milestone that we achieved with the second baby. I felt confident, ready, and excited to get the chance to snuggle a newborn baby again, but be armed with the knowledge and experience I gained from my first. My son turned two, and we got closer to my due date. He was ready to meet his sibling and loved feeling baby kick from the inside. But our family experienced the worst loss as my sweet baby passed away in utero just shy of 32 weeks gestation. I shared this part of the story because when asked who supported me through my first thousand days as a parent, I felt the profound loss of a child while still having to parent a young toddler is an impossible situation and without my best friends, who I consider sisters to me, I don't think I would have gotten through it. They did not have to have the experiences that I did to be able to help me. They were present in every way they could be. They let me call them and cry on the phone with no words. They visited often and took my son for trips to the park and allowed me to grieve without him nearby. They held my hand as I learned how to parent after loss, an area of parenting that is not often discussed. Motherhood is complex and painful and exhilarating. I often felt that I wasn't allowed to consider myself a true mother when I had my miscarriages because my babies didn't survive. I felt alone, lost, and unsure of my abilities. My friends kept me grounded and encouraged me to keep going. Their love and support allowed me to risk trying IVF, and they helped me find my rhythm after birth and watched me fall head over heels in love with my son. Today, I count myself as lucky because I've had six pregnancies two fertility treatments, three miscarriages, one cesarean birth, two natural deliveries, one stillbirth, and one surprise pregnancy that resulted in my daughter who just turned two years old. The first 1,000 days of motherhood are by far the hardest, and having someone to be present during those hardest moments truly makes all the difference. I'm glad I had my friends by my side, and I know that I could not have done it without them. It really does take a community to raise a child. But it also takes the community to make sure a new parent stays whole throughout their experience. Health is a fundamental right, 
But barriers such as transportation, lack of knowledge, and support systems and limited decision-making power can prevent families from getting the care they need. Even within Canada, new Canadians, Indigenous communities, and many other marginalized groups experience unequal access to health services. The first thousand days of a baby's life from conception to two years old is critical to preventing or treating malnutrition and common illnesses through simple and cost-effective solutions, including support groups, regular prenatal checkups, quality healthcare systems, and access to skilled health workers. For information about the 1,000-day journey, visit www.1000dayjourney.ca and don't forget to subscribe to the In Progress podcast, available where you get your podcasts. I want to thank all the women in this episode for sharing their stories and congratulate them for making it through to the other side, whole and with amazing and beautiful kids. Join us for the final episode of this special series where I talk to Tommy Ferris, a former triathlon athlete, who shares what it's been like for him to raise his three kids with his wife while living with a disability.